Hey, Adam. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, how's it hanging over there? It's, it's going pretty well. Uh, everyone, welcome into another edition of Somewhat Mobile. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, but usually we like to have a drink when we record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madeline usually grabs a beer. And I usually grab, I don't know, some, either, either scotch or bourbon. But uh, and it's because we record this essentially after hours or close right. to after hours. Starting a little early today, because why not? Yeah, and it <laughs> and it just helps us uh, settle into the data. Yeah. And, um, so, so my point in saying this is that if you're listening along, and this is you know afternoon, evening, just just grab a drink with us. Crack a um, brewski. Right, but if you know if this is in the morning, you just cracked open the newsletter, and you're listening to the podcast early Friday morning, you know, grab your coffee. And just uh, just join us on this journey. Grab a Diet Coke. Or a Diet Coke. <laughs> if you're like me. And run with it. I didn't know you were a Diet Coke drinker. I don't oh, think yeah. I've ever seen you drink a Diet Coke. Oh, love a Diet Coke. Interesting. Okay. Crisp. Ah, oh, so good. So anyway, this episode is going to uh, follow a similar format. We're going to do a little bit of mobile news review. Our financial segment, I know what you did last quarter. Uh, we actually have an interview today with Inmobi's Adam Sweet, Director of Business Development over there where we're going to talk about consumer to consumer user profiles for or consumer to consumer mobile apps and their user profiles so things like letgo and offerup uh, then we'll talk to you about some of the data we're seeing here at Uptopia play our favorite game of in or out Whoop. which again we got to figure out another game to play but that's what we're going to play today yeah i love it and then we'll be done then you can enjoy your weekend or if you're listening to this monday you know the rest of the the, <laughs> the rest of the week enjoy right. your whole life all right Let's get into it with that mobile news review. Adam, what's the deal with Visa? So Visa granted Coinbase. Uh, Coinbase is a, is a mobile wallet for cryptocurrencies. They granted Coinbase the power to issue Bitcoin debit cards. To me, this is like a huge moment for crypto because uh, essentially what it means is that you can now actually spend your cryptocurrencies, even though a lot of people view it, as an investment, you can now go to the store because you have a Visa uh, debit card. You can now go to the store and spend it as you would spend a Visa. And you can actually use your cryptocurrency instead of just looking at it. Okay, that confuses me. Yeah, talk to me. One, I resent this whole story <laughs> in okay. general. Hey, you're, you're aligned with Warren Buffett, by the way, who uh, who just hates cryptocurrency and thinks it's... he He's essentially saying, uh, stop trying to make it happen. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Agreed. Stop trying to make fetch happen. I'm also just a little bitter. I don't really get what's going on there. I What just confuses me, and I just need someone to spell it out. You know, I'm a liberal arts major, so give me a break here. How? What do we mean that yeah. we can start using crypto to buy everyday items, even if the merchant doesn't accept cryptocurrency? So I think, I think and someone, I'm sure, the, the crypto, uh, the people on uh, who back cryptocurrency on social media are aggressive folks uh, from the ones that I've dealt with, at least. And so I'm sure Could they'll tell us if we're wrong. those aggressive folks slide into my DMs, please? Yeah, t- explain it to us. But what I, what I believe, what I believe is that um, because it's, it's on the Visa rails, it's just go, it's, it's Visa essentially naturalizing the transaction for you. So you're spending, they don't need to accept cryptocurrency, they need to accept Visa. So Visa just turns it into US dollars probably, sends it to the merchant, and they understand the exchange rate between the cryptocurrency and the USD 
at the time. Hmm. And so Visa is taking out the work. They're doing the work for you. Hmm. Okay. That's my understanding. I just understanding. don't understand what that work is, but that's still But we don't need, helpful. that's the beauty we of it. We don't need to know. All right. And if you do know, you know, drop me a line. Uh, our next item, Swiggy. Swiggy is a uh, one of the top food delivery apps in India. They just raised $113 million from Prosis. Um, and the reason why that's interesting is because this is right after Zomato, uh, another top food delivery player in India. They bought Uber Eats India from Uber. So I don't know if this move was made necessarily into response from the – in response – from that but just the timing of the announcements looks like oh they beefed up their shit we gotta beef up our shit right and they're killing it you want some app data facts on that i do hit me with it uh yep last 365 days in india swiggy has gotten 29 million downloads that's a lot and their monthly active users are about 11 million um and in the last 30 days their monthly active users are about 8.5 million and that Wait, so up. hold on. Yeah. They got – is this worldwide or just India first off? I'm just focusing on India. Okay, so they got 20 million – 29 are, – are they, are they active users in the same time period as the downloads that you gave me? Remind me. Yes. So in the last 365 days – So they're probably running a lot of user acquisition campaigns, right? Because think about that. That's so many downloads. That's 29 million yeah, downloads. that's a crazy Only amount. 11 million – did you say MAU. DAU or MAU? MAU. Okay. So it's okay. probably – Folks, I haven't, we haven't looked into this deeply, but it sounds like uh, it sounds like they're acquiring a lot of users that that aren't quality users at least right now. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I would say so for comparison. Um, Zomato might be doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in India, Uber Eats's MAU is about eighteen million, so it's about double that of Swiggy's. Um, but obviously, they've been there. Yeah, I don't know how their relationship worked, if they completely cut off right. the app or if, they, or if they merged it, or if people can still use the app, but they can't actually order through it. Right. Um, we have to get phones from, like, different countries so we can mess around with these things. Uh, yeah. If anyone from India just wants to toss no, their phone like, to uh, No, there's a way to do it. Uh, there's a way to do it. I know companies like Facebook and other companies get phones from all sorts of different mm. countries so they can, like, mess around with the apps and things like that. Oh, I was going to crowdsource. okay all right send send madeline your phones yeah uh 132 lincoln street boston mass yeah please so moving on yeah apple is this is actually pretty big apple's considering letting users switch uh default apps on their phone so if you have an iphone do you have an iphone yes do you i do so we have the default mail app. It's Apple owned. The default yeah. text app. The default email. Uh, I already said email. Phone. Yeah. Uh, text. What else? What else? The, oh, calendar. There's a bunch of them. There's more. Right. Uh, All those pre-installed apps. Right. They're pre-installed and they are your default apps. I, I think I, I actually think I can't delete them maybe or I can't move them from that that bottom bar. Yeah. But, if you're like me, you put them in this weird little folder <laughs> tucked away in your phone that's like you label it games or something like stuff you, you just like don't games. touch <laughs> i label my games games uh, no I, I i know what you're talking about i have that same folder and yeah. I, I labeled it nada right n-a-d-a that's much smarter like, don't look at that shit um <laughs> but they're 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 considering letting users switch those default apps mm-hmm. and they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts although i do love you apple don't hate us um they're doing it because there's a lot of conversation right mm-hmm. now about is the app store a monopoly and there's uh, tons and tons. There's, there's 
quite frankly, momentum headed toward them uh, from a bunch of different apps. Spotify is probably the biggest one that you've heard of complaining that they are a monopoly. Um, and so they're doing this in response to that, even though they haven't technically done it. They're just saying we're thinking about it. That's how that's how um, stubborn they are. Yeah, I was just going to say that, too, that they haven't made a clear decision yet. I wonder, though, that they've at least released enough information that are they just like testing the response? Like, testing isn't that how this waters? all goes? You just like throw something out to the press and you yeah. see how people react and then you make your decision. Like, <laughs> right, guys, what do you think? I think that's what Apple's doing, which is fine. I get it. I was wondering, um, I also saw in that article that you shared with me that this might make it more appealing, you know, to be on iOS, to have an iPhone. Um, wonder if we're going to see another boost in the convert to iPhone app. That's true. Could potentially um, could potentially attract more consumers who are like who mainly consumers who don't love Apple. But I I think it's just a bigger boon for their competition and and maybe gets like a monkey off their back in terms of the uh, the monopoly talk. Quite frankly, I don't know if that'll be enough, but I think it's a huge step. I think your mic got a little funky on me. Oh, did it? Up oh, there, there she blows. Wow. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out in post. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> he'll record that segment again as soon as we're no, no, no. Uh, we'll just amplify it. So yeah, uh, this this is this is really cool. I think this next thing, uh, and it's Amazon. They've opened their first full size grocery store. It's called mm-hmm. Amazon Go um, in Seattle. They had like mini stores before, but now they have a full grocery store. What this is, Amazon Go, is um, I think you you open your Amazon Go app, you like set it at your location, yeah. right? You walk in the store, you take things off the shelf, put it in your cart, and you just walk out. And Crazy. And it, it's kind of it's like the Absurd. Uber of grocery store shopping because you get an Uber, you just get out of the cab, and you've paid. And it's the same thing with this grocery yeah. store. I'm uncomfortable you, thinking why? about Tell it. Tell me about it. So many reasons. One, I don't shop like that. I was reading this thing in the article that was saying that it's going to know what you put in your cart. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's how they charge you. Based on weight and stuff. Yeah. You know how, first of all, you know me. I'm an indecisive, sometimes slow-moving gal. (laughs) All right. Either fast-moving or slow-moving. So I go into the grocery store and I like pick up some items, put them in my cart, decide against them, put them back, decide on a new recipe, look stuff up. So I guess it's just not for someone like me. I think that's okay. I just wonder if, if it'll it, catch all those. I think it knows the specific item like code, and so if all of a sudden that item is back on its shelf without seeing you walk mm. out the door, I believe you. I believe that works. I believe you're actually allowed to put things back. This is. I just feel like has technology gone too far that it knows I put an orange in my cart. You know what I mean? <laughs> like are, no, we're talking listen, individual fruits and veggies, Madeline, are we not? I, I am all on board. The. Uh, the neuroses trained, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? I, I'm one of those dude, people dude. who puts the the piece of paper over my webcam. Right, right? that's true. Yeah, you got me on the neurotic yeah, thing. Yeah, because why do they, like, they don't need to see me in my mm-hmm. room. They don't, no one needs that. So um, I'm all about that. This honestly sounds quite convenient, but okay. it is ostensibly, I don't really know, but, you know, potentially, obviously, taking away jobs, from, mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's creating jobs in a way because you need people to run Amazon Go, but it's taking away jobs. They're very different types of jobs. People, The qualifications are very different, and so it is taking away jobs of people who work in supermarkets and those qualifications because Amazon's goal here 
is not to just open a bunch of Amazon Go. Right. This store is a proof of concept. Make no mm-hmm. mistake. Like they are going to the real money here is in licensing the technology. Right. They want to sell it to, uh, you know, locally. We have stars, uh, star, yes, yeah, star, star market, star market Shaw's in mm-hmm. wh- what's that state? Stop Florida. And stop and shop in Florida. They have Publix, right? Wegmans, Kroger. Kroger. That's we're, my favorite. We're, we're now we're just naming supermarkets. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one of our party tricks. <laughs> um. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, though. I actually do absolutely love self-checkout, so I might like this whole concept more than I am Thank God for self-checkout. currently communicating. Yeah, I mean, self-checkout saves you from I, some weird stuff. I run through Target so much quicker now with self-checkout. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I uh, believe it. Okay. So, wait, would you shop in one of these stores right now? I guess I would. I think... What's wild, though, is they have go stores, go grocery, and they own Whole Foods. Is that correct? What's the deal with that? Um, They do own Whole Foods. Okay. I'm just curious. It just feels like they have all these different options, but it sounds like the go stores is just food, so people on their lunch break can just grab it. That, potentially. That's actually an interesting thing that you just said, that they own Whole Foods, because I wonder if that's going to be the first supermarket to or grocery store however you want to call these things um to implement this technology yeah i think it will be and uh, and you get primed are you a prime member yes okay so i'm not that's interesting uh but if you shop at whole foods you use your app and you get discounts on that i did not know that yeah it's not everything it's I mean, they have deals i don't know they're trying to really really juice that prime membership right right okay all right good to know yeah i need to take more advantage of that all right our last news item Fox and Comcast want to get into streaming video. Uh, Comcast, well, Comcast did. They acquired something called Zumo. That's with an X, X-U-M-O. And Fox uh, has eyes for something called Tubby, or it might be called. <laughs> do you think it's called Tubby or Tubi? It's T U B I. I think it's Tubi, but the fact that you just said <laughs> Tubby is so it's hilarious. It's so much more fun to say though. Like it probably is Tubi, right? Like TV tube. Right. Tubi. That's what I was thinking. But I want to call it Tubby. I want to call it Tubby now too. Right. I'm sold on right. Tubby. Sorry, Fox. It's Tubby. Yeah. Also, I just have so many, so many feelings about this. Well, let me explain what they are. Please do. They're both ad-supported streaming services, meaning they're free, and you watch ads, and that's how they make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a really big thing to own right now. A lot of people don't know this, but there's another uh, free ad-supported streaming service called Voodoo. Walmart owns that, if you can <laughs> believe that. And so. These are viewed as a pretty smart move to have in your portfolio of your company, and the reason is uh, they're free. So there's a really low barrier to entry for consumers, and so you have more people to get data on and more people to advertise to, advertise your products and service to as they're watching you. You have a really weird look on your face. I am so concerned that your mic is not working at all. I mean, I see my voice levels in the thing. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to feel really bad that now you did that And I can that hear out. it. It's fine. And okay. I can hear it in my ears. I just can't hear you. Oh, oh my goodness. Your, it was me. Madeline's headphones were not I'm plugged so in. I'm so embarrassed. I was disconnected this entire time. She's I had this nervous look on her face the entirety of the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, are we prisoners? And I don't know it. Uh, guys, if I haven't been myself, <laughs> it's because I can't hear myself. Have I been shouting? You've been fine. Holy shit. I'm sorry, but I'm looking at this man. Like, dude, your mic is not working. This podcast is going south. All right, let's get back to it. I'm plugged in. Feeling good. 
these subscription services, they're these, not subscription. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Ad supported. Because <laughs> I can't hear. Oh. Ad supported. These are a draw because people still want free content. Oh, and they're uh, willing yes. to watch the That's ads. That's why people read the Eptopia blog. Yes, and so it drags people in, and then maybe you can throw a subscription at them once you hooked them. That's another idea. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Um, what's crazy though? Fox paying five hundred million dollars for reruns, essentially. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's not about that. They don't care about the content on there. You know that. They, they, it, it's it's to it's to get the consumer data and it's to be able to show more people ads. And Fox also, and no, you're right. Uh, by the way, um. They're going to use that. I bet Fox is planning on, because everyone's into it, some subscription service. Mm -hmm. And they're going to use it as a feeder system and or they will turn it into a subscription service. True. Um, I don't really know, but it makes sense. Fox is in the entertainment business. This is entertainment. Right. They can use it. Again, low barrier to entry. Right. Um, And Voodoo will be the complement to Peacock because uh, they're both essentially NBC Universal. Wait, Voodoo, Voodoo's owned by Walmart. What are you talking about? Oh, Zumo. Zumo. Isn't Comcast and NBC both, Universal going to buy Voodoo from Walmart? Oh. Isn't that story? What this is is Madeline read more of the article than I did. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> guys, this is the first. This is crazy. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> okay, so they're buying it from... All right, let me get the second half then. It's my Ta- time to shine. Yeah, can um, you tell us what's happening? Yeah, so on top of Fox... Buying Tubby. Uh, Comcast NBC Universal wants to acquire Voodoo from Walmart. Okay. They're in talks. It's not official. <laughs> it might not happen. Let me walk back my statements before I get too crazy. No, no, it no, is not no, you've, official. You've said it well. All right. And, but if they do acquire Voodoo, that would be the ad streaming service compliment to peacock the subscription service peacock is going to have ad supported as well though what they're going to have both i believe they're going to have several tiers kind of like hulu has but they could use it one they could use it as a feeder system exactly two they could take they could really just take all the friggin' data from it use that to better understand their consumers right um and so i think they're I think they're less concerned with the revenue from it. I think it's a strategic investment. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Just a little compliment. Um, and, 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 to walk it back one sec, I would hate myself if I didn't mention this. Yeah, what's up? Tubby's most popular titles yeah. are. Oh, hit us. This is what was cited. Okay. Scooby-Doo. Fine. That's a All good right, show. Fine. We'll take it. No, no, no. Scooby-Doo, fine. All right. Sold. New Jack City. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Have you and heard last, of it? And last, never. Oh, okay, okay. Last but not least, Daddy Daycare. Really? That's a movie, isn't it? That's the most popular title. Yeah, isn't that like an Eddie Murphy Tubby? movie? I, I can't even remember the guys in it. It's two dads, and it's the classic trope of like, Dad's taking care of children. Can you imagine? Oh, what happens if you leave two fathers alone with kids? It's like, hopefully everything's fine. But it's this huge comedic moment for dads out there. Because so y'all this, are... This was a movie made in the earlier <laughs> 2000s, I'm imagining. Yeah, I, I yeah, I was definitely younger. Yeah, so anyways, check that out. But um, either way, 
the final quote that I thought was interesting was um, ad supported video is really the missing piece to the streaming wars, which is true because like you said, it can be a feeder system. Yeah. All right. So Boom. now for our financial segment, I know what you did last quarter. Uh, so every week in the newsletter also, we provide like a mobile signal. Um, we've done well on some such as Netflix, PayPal, Starbucks, um, basically when we're saying they're growing, they end up growing. So um, in our last newsletter, we told you fitness was showing uh, pretty strong year-over-year growth compared to previous years. Um, and it was reported earlier this week, uh, Zach's reported that, um, what did it, they reported earlier this week with more revenue than expected. So Zach's wrote that, uh, said their, their Q4 earnings represented an earnings surprise of 7.3%, which is pretty good there. So that, uh, that's really just me patting our data on the back. But for for this week, Zoom. So Zoom is a video conferencing software. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys all use it or have been on calls with Zoom. Mm-hmm. And because of the coronavirus, it's going crazy. They it's report popping. earnings on March 4th. And workplace chat apps in, in China are surging as well as people do remote work. So uh, Zoom, which is the ticker is ZM. Their downloads are up in the in the fourth quarter, 20% year over year, and mobile sessions of the app. And a session, a lot of people ask this. Um, I take it for granted, but a session is really just anytime you launch that phone. So if you're an Instagram right. user, you open it one day, you count as one DAU, daily active user. Mm-hmm. But if you open Instagram 11 times because you can't get enough of those sunset hard hands. That's me then it is uh, you, you have 11 sessions because you've opened it 11 Follow times. Follow me on Instagram you for Sunset Hard psychopath. <laughs> um, and so mobile sessions for this app are up 41% year over year. Again, um, I don't know if it's sustainable or not, but it, it, it is very much tied to the coronavirus if you look at the dates there. So who is clapping? I, I think if, that was for us. <laughs> I wonder if that came through in the audio. We just heard clapping. I have no idea if that's going to come through on the podcast. It's anyway, totally for us. Um, Target, they're scheduled to report March 2nd. Their mobile app sessions are up 4.1% year over year. Um, and we find for, for shopping apps, at least, we find sessions to be the most telling. I'm sure you guys have heard us say this before with our shopping report, but the most telling metric because it's just... Um, it's consumer activity, right? Instead of right. downloads, downloads don't necessarily stay around. They could do a campaign. So sessions we find are pretty uh, telling. Yeah, and if you're in the app and it's an app that you purchase things in, what are you doing in there? You're purchasing things. So All right. that's that. Um, now we're going to throw it over to our interview with Adam Sweet of InMobi. So here we go. All right. Um, as promised, we have Adam Sweet. On the line, he's the director of business development at InMobi. Um, before we get started, Adam, and hello, um, I feel like we should address the elephant in the room. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Adam, first, you know, longtime listener, first time caller. Really appreciate you having me on. <laughs> As we spoke about earlier, the, uh, the spread in the green room was a little bit light. Uh, just you know, positive criticism coming from, uh, from the talent on this, uh, podcast. Yeah, I didn't, I, the problem was I didn't, I didn't get your writer. Um, it must've gotten lost in the mail. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I was gonna, I, I was, I was gonna say, uh, I, there were rumors that, you know, they said this podcast wasn't big enough for two atoms, but we're, we're here today to, to prove that wrong. They will be proven wrong. And, uh, <laughs> 
you know, I'm a little bit disappointed that Madeline didn't join us. Shout out to uh, to Madeline. Mm, um, yes. Maybe we, next time she'll be she, yeah, part of the conversation as well. She uh, she was sad she couldn't make it. She she will if you join us again. She'll definitely be there. Um, but anyway, uh, so the reason the reason we're having Adam on the show today is uh, I was looking at the Inmobi blog, as you guys can do, inmobi.com slash blog, and I came across a post called Understanding the C2C, so consumer-to-consumer, mobile user. Um, and those are things like, you know, kind of peer-to-peer marketplaces, right, like eBay, Craigslist, LetGo, OfferUp, those kind of apps. Um, and I know they're doing well, and I know they're giving eBay some stiff competition, um, and it's not something that I've really dove into before and adam's the guy behind behind this post and understanding those users so i had to have him on so adam tell us about it absolutely i was working uh collaboratively with our marketing team and uh shout out to matt kaplan who's the author on uh on the blogs as to what kind of value add we could really give to our publisher partners and also to better understand the markets that we're selling into uh, as far as their audiences, what their audiences interests are, and a little bit more detail around the individual verticals. So specific to the consumer to the consumer apps, a couple of the names that you listed are partners of ours. And we wanted to figure out what kind of value we could add to their, uh, to their partnership with Adobe beyond just monetization. And so Matt and I started working with looking at some of our audience insights uh, and really got down to who are the people that are using these apps? How are they using them? What other apps are they possibly using, uh, either in the same vertical or where might these people be spending their time uh, when they're not in the consumer to consumer apps? So we kind of did a deeper dive and found some really interesting things uh, about just who is using these apps, how are they using them, and it's everything from type of person that's using them to the fact that there's uh, seems to be huge usage rates in rural America, which makes complete sense. Right. But unless you see it explicitly detailed, uh, it may not be as clear or may not be the kind of actionable information that an app owner could utilize in driving future growth. Yep. And so um, where, where exactly uh, does this data come from? So it's really from three sources. Uh, in 2018, we acquired Pinsight Media, which offers us first-party telco data. Uh, it's a double opt-in at the user level and completely anonymized, so uh, very confident on the, on the privacy piece, uh, but really gives us uh, more of a view of what users are doing when they're not in the individual apps that we might have at Inmobi through the Inmobi Exchange, where we're doing billions of transactions every day with these apps and helping them monetize their properties. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that first-party telco data really helps drive mm-hmm. the three-dimensional view uh, for the apps and the users. And then the Inmobi Exchange as the secondary piece with the kind of volume that we see, it's easy to connect dots uh, and start to see trends between the audiences across all apps. And then third, we've got uh, several owned and operated properties that uh, those users are also put into the uh, uh, to the mix. And the holistic view really is is what drives these kind of blogs and perspectives. 
Okay, got it. All right, so I actually I probably should have asked this question before I asked where the data came from. But what do you what do you think the most um, interesting findings are in terms of like who these users are, and if I am um, you know a Mercari or an OfferUp, you know who who should I really be targeting? So I think it's the answer is a little bit tangential to that, right? Okay. Because uh, demographic data and a lot of that is. Uh, pretty available across the industry. There's there's lots of shops that are doing positive work with that. And uh, so the demographic data and, and some location data uh, may have become more table stakes in the uh, in-app the in space. So what I think is the most interesting data set that's coming out of these uh, is the user app affinity when they're not inter interacting with that specific okay, app. Okay, yeah, so tell me about that. A user, so if a user is not on LetGo, uh, where it, where is that user? Are they looking at online retail spots, say, you know, the Amazon app to have it shipped? Mm -hmm. Or are they looking at uh, the Ebays um, that you mentioned? Or are they just on Netflix for hours on end like uh, right. the rest of us? And then the other data piece that I find really interesting is the session time. Uh, the amount of time that they're interacting with a given app uh, really gives the app owner an idea of, whether they're losing them in a quick period of time, someone's just checking in quickly and may not get into the breadth and depth of the content that they offer, uh, or whether they're digging in and really spending a quality amount of time, in which case, are there actionable items that a developer can put in, into place that make transactions easier or that engage the user in a, in a deeper, more personalized manner. And so I have a question on that. Can you, so a lot of these apps, right, they're peer-to-peer, they're -peer, meaning um, I can be a seller or a buyer. So, I, and I don't know, but do you, do you happen to know if like, uh, obviously, a, you know, a seller and a buyer probably have different um, footprints that they're leaving behind in terms of things like session time and stuff like that. Is that important to understand the different use cases? And, and if so, can you, can you tell, do we know, you know, are there too many buyers or too many sellers, vice versa? Are a lot of buyers also sellers? Um, is there any insight there? So the, I think what we see is that uh, buyers usually spend more time in a session okay. uh, because they're reviewing various, uh, various offerings specific to what they're looking for. Sellers are going to, you know, maybe check in once a day to see if their products are moved uh, unless they're a, a hyper user that are selling multiple products or trying to create a small business within that individual environment. So I think that uh, at least for the consumer to consumer piece, the buyers are, are definitely spending uh, more time. Um, but that's the great thing about this data. We offer the insights to the developers and really let them make some determinations based on the content within their own app and, and own the decisions that they're going to make about the growth, growth of their audience and the user experience going forward. Excellent. And so um, where, where have you, I'm trying to think of, have you seen any interesting, uh, you, you mentioned some of these are your customers. Have they, um, I guess, case studies, have you seen anything interesting come to come to life because of what they saw you know in this data and and maybe they thought one thing and they they learned something completely different or maybe you were looking at it yourself and you saw something to that effect so we try to be consultative while respecting the fact that we are a monetization platform and uh, have all this data specifically for the developer to feel empowered that they're understanding their audience and making those decisions better. So 
personally, yes, I'll see trends and, and maybe speaking to a partner about what we're seeing and get into a conversation about what it means. But at the end of the day, these insights are really meant to inspire thought within the individual apps and by the developers as to what they want going forward, where they may have blind spots as to their audience or different areas of their apps, and then empower them to make those choices with this kind of data as opposed to spitballing on a whiteboard, uh, you know, where they want to go next. Got it. Uh, so... As, as it pertains to, to this space, uh, these these user insights and, and things like that, um, obviously, you know, I, I would argue vital to publishers to understand, um, you know, who their users are, where they can go get more of these people, you know, especially what they're doing, not that that helps, you know, how to find these people and where to advertise to them, understanding, right, are they watching Netflix when they're not using this app? Um, are they someone who, who travels a lot? Where are they traveling to? Things like that. So what are you, um, in this space, like what are you most excited about uh, that's either here now, like recently, or, or something coming down the line? Or what, what gets you up in the morning? What, what do you love about this? To be honest with you, it's developers driving uh, growth in their audience so that uh, we can help them monetize at a higher level. Um, I think for me personally, the competition in this space is part of the reason that Matt and I took it on and in seeing the growth, as you were mentioning, of Letco and OfferUp and direct competition to some of the established players and uh, in seeing the vertical grow and, and then trying to gauge how big this could be and are there other players that are going to come in because the net opportunity is large enough to support more players or if there's going to be a... Uh, more of a Game of Thrones type battle between them where uh, there will be uh, two or three survivors at the end of the day. Um, I think that for me, the, the regional nature of, uh, of the popularity, and that's something that we can get into about the, the geolocation and, and what we found in the blog as far as rural areas being more, more popular with some apps uh, versus urban areas. It's uh, it leads me to believe that there's more space for growth and, and more players, but uh, uh, really it's yet to be seen. So uh, I don't want to speculate too far beyond that. No, but you want that. You want more players, right? That's good for you guys. You uh, so so I so I hope so. And um, but yeah, let I I want to talk about that. The demographics. So so there's more action in the um, the the rural areas, and why do you think that is? For these apps. Less access to retail and uh, and uh, uh, brick and mortar shops that might have the same offering. Uh, a more of a community based uh, model for uh, what's needed in an individual community versus you know what's going to be table stakes in San Francisco or Boston or New York. Right. Um, as far as the, the experience and. Um, knowing that people are more likely in your community to have products uh, that you might be looking for based on that regionalization. Mm, that's a good point. And is this, is this um, for the data that you guys use for this post, understanding the C2C mobile user, is it U.S. only data? Is it worldwide data? U.S. only. Okay, got it. And um, Yeah, we did a, a soccer slash football post uh, as well, in, in which case we needed to get into a little bit more um, of the fandoms 
of uh, <laughs> the English Premier League and La Liga and some more of the uh, are you now uh, are you a European... uh, a soccer fan yourself? Yes, most of these posts are either Matt or I sitting around thinking what we're interested right, in, figuring right. out if there's any followers in our network and if uh, we can add value while having really cool conversations about unique data. No, that's Adam. That's the deal with with uh, the Aptopia blog too. I like sit around like thinking of it selfishly, right? I think about myself, and then um, so it's 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 honestly it's so great that we have Madeline now because Madeline has a completely different brain than me, and she can be like, well, what about this or this is growing, and I'm like, you're totally right. We should be covering that, but I'm just an idiot and I can't get out of my own head. <laughs> exactly. So in uh, when we did the uh, when we did the soccer post, it was headed into the holiday season for the English Premier League, where there's uh, quite a few games and and a lot of movement. And uh, uh, the partners that we have tend to see traffic spikes and uh, and great opportunity nice. during the holiday series or season. And so that, uh, along with my, my fandom, uh, definitely led to uh, me trying to get Matt to uh, to take that one on. <laughs> All right, we'll have to we'll have to uh, get Matt a drink for that one. Um, all right, what what else? Um, b- before we get to our uh, a little game of in or out, um, is there is there anything else that you think we we didn't touch on that you think is interesting that you want to talk about? No, I think that the only other thing that I would add is uh, kind of the blue sky that we see as far as application of these insights. Okay. So every time that we come up with one. We think, okay, well, if we can if we can take a look at that space and look at existing partners versus uh, uh, potential partners, and and really, really the value add from an Inmobi perspective to those publishers, it gets really interesting because there's so many established verticals, but then there's so many blue sky spaces that people are working are trying to work into, and trying to track those new niche spaces is something that's of great interest to me. And uh, and really is you know kind of what drives um, us in in looking at things from a three dimensional perspective and not just how many ads did you serve, is your audience male or female and and where do we think that they live? Uh, so uh, that kind of three dimensional view is is really what I think is exciting and the new opportunities around uh, different verticals. Totally agree. Um, yeah, we see we see the blue sky here as well, and uh, and it's great. So. Thank you. Thank you for, for uh, telling us about those, those user insights. Um, but now we're just going to get uh, a little crazy and uh, ask you some uh, pretty standard questions here in this podcast. So, um, Adam, as it pertains to – I'm assuming have you, you, you've used uh, you know, Grubhub or Uber Eats or, or some food delivery platform, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so when you, you know, let's say you're hungry, you're getting some delivery. Are you in or out on ordering French fries via delivery? In addition to after the videos I've seen on, in the, after the video, some of the videos I've seen on, uh, online, I'm out on fries. <laughs> Wait, what videos are you talking about? Drivers seem to uh, be able to take fries out uh, uh... more easily than... In, in the order so uh oh, the videos is... of the drivers i didn't you even know just that. a just like on the delivery that doesn't need to go on the ledger oh i didn't even think of that i've never seen those that's uh so that I, all right wait, 
Well, we're the same. I'm I'm out as well. Um, I didn't know that though. I I'm out because the whole point of a, a French fry is it's supposed to be this delicious, uh, golden crispy thing. And delivery, they seal it all up. They don't poke holes in the thing and let it vent. And so the steam it just builds up and it makes them soggy. Uh, we've gotten so many here at Utopia like delivered French fries. I don't know why people still order them. So this is why this is on my mind, obviously. Um, and they're just soggy and I and I can't do it. So. Adam, if you, Matt, or myself, or someone comes up with a delivery vehicle for french fries that allows them to, uh, you know, release the the steam properly and stay crispy, I think there's some money in that. We're going to need to speak offline on that. Otherwise, Aptopia and Inmobi will probably own the idea, and uh, (laughs) we won't see a penny. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. All right. My my next one is also food-related. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Again, that's where that's where my mind's at. Um, guacamole. This is actually a two-parter. So, one, are you in or out on guacamole? Hundred percent in. Okay, me too. So, not not a lot of uh, debate here. I think it's good. I think we can all agree it's good. Uh, but are you? Let's say you go to Chipotle and you're getting. I don't know if you go to Chipotle, but if you're going to Chipotle, Cadoba, somewhere where guac is extra do you pay the extra i think depending on the city you're in it's one or two dollars to get the guac do you like it that much not at a dollar or two 50 cents yes i'm in okay i I, i'm out as well and i used to do it in in boston it's two dollars now i used to do it when it was a dollar more i was like all right fine i want the guacamole it's delicious and now it's two dollars in a lot of the places I've been going into. I don't know if there's like a shortage of avocados or something, but yeah, it's just that's just a lot to ask. Um, and that's probably why avocado toast is so pricey. We are uh, we are blessed to live in California, the South Pole of the nation, and so we might have a little bit uh, shorter uh, delivery routes and get closer to wholesale pricing. So. Uh, here they're not that ridiculous, and that's why I'm no at a one dollar, two dollar because I know they're taking too right. much money out of my pocket. Oh my god, that's all, so. So yeah, they, so you around you there, uh, you see places where it's like fifty cents more, especially the legitimate Mexican restaurants. Oh yeah, though yes, I'm. I'm. You're right. That's a good point. I'm actually mainly thinking of the chains. I bet yeah, more legitimate Mexican restaurants. Some of them just give it to you. Like if you order a quesadilla, they'll just provide it for you without charging you extra. Um, but. But a lot of the the American foods are, are chains. Definitely, that's not the the case, unfortunately. That's true. All right, uh, we're lucky enough. I uh, I'll get slapped by uh, some of my Mexican friends if I if they ever see me in a Chipotle when there's a legitimate uh, family run Mexican restaurant uh, within a two block radius of them. Oh my god, I can imagine. Um, there's some actually. There's some. Uh... There's some show on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but I think it's called Gentrified, and it's about a, a struggling Mexican restaurant. And they're like trying to figure out how to like uh, change their tacos. I think in the in the trailer they had like a I don't know if it was like a Greek taco, like a Yero taco or something like that. I, I don't know. It looked pretty funny. It looked interesting and topical for what we're we're talking about. You haven't seen it by any chance, have you? I have not, but uh, having grown up in a uh very hispanic area uh the answer is more lard it's always more lard (laughs) okay i can get behind that 
Um, all right, Adam, thank you so much for, for joining us. And I promise next time we'll have Madeline on. I'll let her know that, uh, that you, you name dropped her. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much. No, thank you. I appreciate having us on. Of course. All right. And so guys, you can check out the, uh, the C2C blog on immobi.blog.com. Thanks, Adam. And we're back. So thanks to the Immobi team and Adam. Pleasure to have you guys. Adam, I'm so sorry I missed you. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot he called you out. Let's yeah, he was like, this. I wish I could have spoken with Madeline. Uh, Adam, I wish I could have spoken with you too. Okay. Um, yeah, next time, next time we'll, for all interviews going forward, both Madeline and I will be on the line. Um, right. It could be overwhelming for the guests. Could be. Yeah, we're going to have to figure, gonna out figure it out how to do that tag team so we're not just... <laughs> we just start talking to each other and completely the other person's like uh hello, hello? i'm just like ragging on adam just not able to bring it back um we'll figure it out though all right uh so this week on Optopia, what are we seeing um quick mention our blog is on blog.optopia.com i'm not going to go all the way over this but we have a blog that i thought was fun well it was fun for me to write it's called where are they now Yo and other apps you mm-hmm. forgot about. So it's about apps that essentially um, have fallen out of your mind share, and rightfully so, uh, but they actually are still alive. So we're not talking about apps that have been removed from the app stores or are dead. Um, these are just apps that are still alive, and you'd be shocked to hear that they're still alive, but they are, and we talk about what they're doing now um, in terms of <laughs> essentially the, the depths of the app store that they're at. But if you'll remember Yo, that was from like 2014. And the only thing the app did was it would send a, essentially a push notification or a text message of Yo. I can't believe I missed that. That's hilarious. That's so on brand for yeah. me. And it had a moment. You know it like I mean? blew up. They had almost 2 million or maybe about 2 million registered users at right. a certain point. Um, I bet Jess used Yo. Oh my God. Jess definitely <laughs> used Yo. She yelled the <laughs> Jess is our director of marketing. Um, and she's, I tell you what, if anyone used Yo, it would be Jess. She does everything. <laughs> she does everything. That and she does true. it first. <laughs> um, so uh, t- check that out. I think it'll be a, a nice little walk down, down memory lane. Um, but back to the data. So Ola, which is a rideshare company, they launched in London. Um, and Uber is the dominant player in London. Now, obviously, they launched with a lot of incentives. So I believe first-time users were given a $25 or £25 credit, ride credit, and drivers were allowed to keep 100% of the profits for a certain amount of time um, of their driving. So they really boosted the incentives. But they had a great launch. So, again, you can check this out on our blog. But already... In London, uh, well, in the UK, because we, we, we don't, for the for these purposes, we don't do city-level data. In the United Kingdom, already, Ola has, in terms of daily active users and downloads, since it launched, I believe, on the 9th of February, has already surged ahead that of that of Uber. Um, will it continue? I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's interesting to track, but it's pretty um, powerful, I think, when you think of the cachet that Uber has. Mm-hmm. And you come into a new territory right. and you launch above them pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know. I'm impressed. I'm impressed, too. I also like their name. Hold on. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good one. It's a good one. And their their apps kind of, uh, it, it almost reminds me of abstract art. It's like this like mm. imperfect mm-hmm. yellow circle with an even right. more imperfect black circle around it and then some white on the outside. To be honest, Adam. Yeah, tell me about it. I hate to break it to you. What? That's a tire. 
Is that a tire? <laughs> oh my god. Is it? Okay. I might be wrong. No, I could, I could see it being be a off tire. Base. That could be a tire. Wow. But it is either there are two types of people in this world. That is either abstract art or that's a tire. So <laughs> please go look at that. I just haven't <laughs> seen yellow hubcaps. It could be a tire though. I see I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? A tire spinning. We'll think about it though. Give us your thoughts. Um Oh my god, that's so funny. Okay, you have to go look at the the Ola uh, app icon or their general logo and and let me know what you guys think if it is abstract art or in fact just a tire. <laughs> um, but if you look at the past six months for downloads, Uber is dominating. Obviously, Ola hasn't had a ton of time to catch up there because they they London's obviously the biggest market. They've been in other markets. Um, but Bolt is actually number two. It used to be called Taxify. Again, Uber still leading by a substantial margin. And then Get, Viavan, Blabacar, and Blablacar, which is a hilarious name, um, and Arriva Click or Arriva Click. I, I, again, I don't know how to say that. Um, how would you pronounce that? Arriva or Arriva? Probably Arriva. I'm not looking at it, but I prefer. Yeah, what do you like? Your vibe of Arriva. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, those, so those four players, Get, Via Van, Blabacar, and Arriva Click, as we're now decided we're calling it. <laughs> um, they're not doing amazing compared to Uber, Bolt, and, and Ola, so, but they do exist. And quite frankly, that's like a lot more options than I think we have here in the, in the U.S. Really, in the U.S., it's a two, two-headed race, right? It's, yeah. it's Uber and Uber it's and Lyft. Lyft. And every now and then, a small player will pop up. But one, they either stay small, or yeah. two, they go out of business. So I'd actually welcome... Ola, if you're listening, uh, come to America, mm-hmm. increase the competition. Let's I'd get love some. To see uh, it. Let's get some better services. Yeah. Not Uber and Lyft are, I think, are doing a pretty decent job, but I don't know. Things could always be better. I could use a change up. Yeah. Okay. Um, How about that da, Chipotle? Chipotle. Walk. So yeah, they they have a rewards program, and if you're a follower of our blog, you'll know that. When they launched their rewards program, it really boosted their engagement. So the amount of DAUs that are also MAUs was a lot higher than it used to be. They got a lot of downloads, a lot of signups. Mm-hmm. We see this all the time. We report this to you all the time. You can really see cause and effect for uh, food apps. When they decide to give out free food, when right. they decide to roll out uh, a decent rewards program, you can really see the download surge. And you can also, over time, if you look, understand, okay, did those users stay? Did they go? Yeah. Uh, things like that. Like, what did they really just want that one free burger and they don't give a shit about your brand? What's right. happening? And so recently, as part of their awards, Chipotle uh, said, hey, if you're a new user to, for our rewards, or by the way, if you're an existing user, they just, which is really nice because sometimes it's only new users. Right. They're going to give you um, free guac, I think, for a year or at least free guac at various times over the mm-hmm. course of the year. That was kind of unclear to me. But downloads, uh as you can imagine, surge. They were getting around like ten thousand a day, and it spiked to around twenty four thousand for a few days. Uh, and so, just wanted to call that out as yeah. another example. That's smart. We know it works. Adams previously called out the Chick Fil A app. Yeah. Um, for offering free chicken. We see it every and time. And Burger King. So. In fact, if I come, I, I look at the app every day. And if you come in in the morning and you just like see a food app, that's all of a sudden you're like. How did Wendy's yeah. get that high? It's like, oh, they definitely did like some <laughs> right. giveaway. Either like, Madeline was losing her mind that day or. There's been a few. Yeah, there's been a few situations where um, 
just Madeline going to McDonald's has actually yeah. raised the app up. She went so many times. Yeah. I have personally affected the stock market for, <laughs> for fast food places. They report that in their earnings. They're like, well, it's a big month for Madeline. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, and, then the, and then the last item we wanted to bring to your attention um, is Trade Republic, which I'm, I, I have to look into it more, but I'm essentially calling it the Robin Hood of Germany. It's a stock trading app. They do not charge you fees. And the reason that it even came to my attention was because at Aptopia, we can see uh, of our customers, like we can see who's looking at what. And so I just, uh, I checked and I was like, all right, what are VCs and private equity people looking at? And it was this app called Trade Republic. Um, and lo and behold, it's doing well. And so it might, yeah. be a, it might be a hot item in Germany. Maybe they'll expand over Europe. I'm going to look into them a little more, but just wanted to give you guys that little tip that an app called Trade Republic out of Germany, kind of like Robinhood, right. doing well. Robinhood did well, so they might follow a similar path. Yeah, people are into it. Are you ready for the next part? Oh, yeah, baby. We just, By the way, we just got a mixer, like a soundboard thing, and so we're going to figure out how to get drops in here. We're going to have a drop for in and out, but yes. what I'm alluding to is we're going to play a game for in and out. Right. Right, and one I'm in on this mixer. It's it's gonna be crazy. Anyway, all right. What's um, the what's the first interaction? Yeah, all right. Listen, Adam. Listen. You already mentioned guac, so let's just get right to it. Let's do some guac talk. Avocados, and you know, a little feeling on guac. In or out? My in or out on avocados? Yeah, avocado. Just avocados. They're divisive. I'm Come in, on. They're not me. divisive, but I'm in on yes, avocados. They are. <laughs> You're in. Avocados ruining this country with their divisiveness. No, I'm in on avocados. They're delicious and they're healthy, and you can make them into guac or you can eat them as is. I can have them with my huevos rancheros. Oh. I love me some huevos rancheros. You hear this they're guy? They're called Jesus. Beautiful. And so uh, I'm all about the avocado. All Are right. you trying to tell me right now that you're out on Tone avocados? it down. I am out. Why? I'm so out for so many reasons. I yeah. tried to be in for a long time. Tried to be one of those kids. I got avocados. Let's let's get right to it. One, they're expensive. They okay? are expensive. Avocados are expensive. Sometimes Chipotle charges you two dollars for guac. In which yep. case, I say no. We talked to Adam about that. Yeah. Okay. Without anything, I want you to really seriously. I want people to tell me this. What does avocado taste like? It tastes like avocado. It tastes like avocado. It tastes like nothing it tastes like nothing it's mush it's all it is, it is and mush. it's expensive mush and <laughs> unless you're giving me table side guac i'm all for a table side guac hit me with that that is delicious love that avocado i don't need it on my toast i don't need it in my house and i don't need to pay extra for it and I went to Chipotle recently and didn't even capitalize on the guac situation because... Are you not a Chipotle Rewards member? I'm not a Chipotle Rewards member, period. But um, I just don't care enough about avocados. Oh, and also, they are ruining Mexico. That's my other side note, is look into gang activity in avocados. The gangs are controlling avocado production there really? and it is ruining the lives of people so if you can guarantee that your avocados come from california great i'll support you know you liking that gross mushy thing but if your avocados are coming from mexico you are actually harming the people of mexico so uh, congrats. that's funny you see all those commercials of avocados from mexico I, I knew nothing about that yeah don't um, even all right well look 
All right. I guess the people should look into it. I'm one of those people. Um, all right. What do we have next? Delivery French fries. Right. So you guys already heard my thoughts on this from the, the Madeline hasn't, but the Adam Sweet interview because we, we talked about this. Without me. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you I'm out because they lose the whole thing about a French fries, the crispiness. And to me, when you get delivery, they ruin the crispiness. We talked mm-hmm. about earlier, if we can figure out a way to get delivery fries yeah. where they're still crispy, you are gonna you could sell that to Uber Eats or Grubhub, make a lot of money. Yeah. Why don't we work on that? Yeah, let's Side work on that. We're going to quit Uptopia. Um, I'm that. really curious to hear what A-Suite said. Don't tell me. I'm going to listen as a surprise. Um, but for the delivery French fries, eh, 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 I'm in on French fries. I'm out on delivery, like as a whole. Oh, obviously I'm in on French fries. But... I can't like if you're if you're getting Grubhub or Uber food. Eats, do you ever do you ever? Or I never do. That's the thing. I'm very okay, much. Okay, through, through Uptopia, so when we get when we get caviar here at Uptopia, oh. do you ever order fries? I have, yeah. Why? I just trust were that they they're good? not going that far. But yeah, were they yeah, good? They're fine. I mean, they weren't. They weren't at peak crispiness, though, were they? No, they weren't. They'll never be at peak crispy. But I'm gonna take that risk. You know, because wow. sometimes you just need to eat your burg with some fries. And if the place is only 20 Even if minutes away. it's like away, a soggy, wet, dank fry. Oh, yeah. I'm going to risk it to get the biscuit, to get the potato. It's insane. <laughs> uh, they're fine to me. Delivery french fries, fine. Honestly, out on delivery, take out till I die because I'm impatient. Okay. All right. That's all. Um, so now we're into our closing thoughts, and then we'll let you people go. Um, Never let go. So two closing thoughts for me. One of them is on upcoming podcasts, we're going to have a couple different people from Liftoff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to give any more away right now, but just know that people from Liftoff are coming. And two, eventually, we don't know when, we keep talking about this, eventually we're going to get into video. Yes. And I wanted to do, I don't. I, we have to figure out what this is going to be, but I wanted to do a show called... Data after dark. <sighs> Love that. And Into it. I don't know what it's about, but it's it's like we gotta have a cheesy commercial for it. Like, you thought you enjoyed data in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever tried it in the dark? Make oh, like sure that your kids of- are in bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Talk little Tommy in. <laughs> We're getting into app sessions. Um, yeah, so into yeah, it. Yeah, it's <laughs> the most risque data you've ever seen. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, we spend our time on very good and productive things over here. Um, so feel free to stay tuned. Do you have any that. closing thoughts? Closing thoughts? You know, I mean, let us know what you're up to on those phones. Seriously, I want to know. Like what, like, what are you up to tonight? And it, what are you up to tonight? And then also, if you want to give me your phone. Only if you're from India. If you're from India, I'd love it. Hit me up. Find me on Twitter. We'll figure out a way to make that happen. Yeah. Um, all right. Peace and blessings. Bye. This is it. What? Lucini pouring from the sky. Let's get rich. What? The Gigi Vons and Sugar Dimes can't quit. What? Now pop the crocus in the Vega and get lit. What? 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 Introducing Phantom of the Dark. Walk through my heaven with levitation from Reefers, Drench, and Deep as an E7 show.